Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Well, for those of you who might not know me, my name is Colin Schlapfell. I'm the associate minister and the worship minister here at Mount Pulaski Christian Church. And friends, it is good to gather with you in the house of the Lord. It's good. I'm so thankful for technology that we can stream and uh, worship alongside brother and sister online. It is a good, good day to worship the Lord. But we don't have a lot of time, and so we're going to dive right into our text this morning. This morning, we're talking about the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to give us two disclaimers before we jump in completely. The first is this. The Holy Spirit is an enormous topic, and quite frankly, one morning, uh, one sermon won't cut it. It just won't. And so you're probably going to walk out if you're going, wow, I really wish Colin would have covered this. Me too. Uh, I really wish that we had more time to spend, uh, and, and if you want to talk more about this, by all means, give me a call and let's, let's talk. I'd love to, but this morning we're just going to scratch the surface. We're just going to brush the very tip of, of observing the ways that the Holy Spirit has worked in Scripture and continues to work in our lives. The second is this. The Holy Spirit has historically been a contentious topic in the church. It's been one that has caused lots of debates and lots of good conversation. And I don't want to brush over that because these conversations are good and they're healthy and they help to mature us in Christ. They're conversations that we ought to be having. But this morning, with the time that we have, I don't want to get into the nitty gritties. I don't want to get into these really contentious topics. But instead, I'm going to tell you exactly where we're going this morning. Uh, we're going to sit squarely in what Scripture clearly teaches us. We're going to sit in the, the reality that the Holy Spirit dwells in you and dwells in me as people in Christ. We read this in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Or Romans 8.9-11. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although your body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. I call this the mundane miracle. It's mundane because it's part of our everyday lives. And what a miracle it is that the Spirit of the living God dwells in us. He dwells in us. But we forget that so often, don't we? I, I confess, I've forgotten that several times this week. And I've gone about my week by my own will and my own power because I forgot the miracle that Christ dwells in us in his Spirit. But here's what we're going with. Uh, here's where we're going today in observing the function and the relationship that we have to the Holy Spirit. It's this. When we open ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit, both communally as a church and individually, God works through us and God works in us. That's all the further I want to take us this morning. It's a good truth to be reminded of because, like I said, we forget this all too often. 
We're going to observe this truth, this reality, by studying Acts chapter 2, by studying the miracle that occurred at Pentecost. And I encourage you, take out your Bibles if you have them. If you have phones, maybe use those. If not, actively engage in what God is saying to you this morning. Did you know that only about 30% of us, roughly, are auditory learners? You know what that means? The great majority of us don't learn best by listening. And so to actively engage in what God is saying to us might mean listening, it might mean reading the scriptures, it might mean taking detailed notes or doodling or even coming up with questions to discuss and talk with family, with friends, with other members of the church later. And honestly, that's probably a good practice to hold anyways, to put Jesus on our conversations and in our mouths and our hearts and our minds and our souls. Let's be people who center ourselves around Christ Jesus. Deal? Well, we're in the book of Acts. I don't know if you remember, but in 2019 BC, that's before COVID, I had the privilege of preaching to you in December from the book of Acts, and we were studying Stephen's prayer, and we were looking at the book of Acts as a whole, and one of the things that we came away with, and that's applicable to us this morning, is that so often we fall in the habit of truncating Jesus to the the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, We envision his life and his work as starting with his birth, ending with his ascension, and we look forward to him coming again, but we forget that the work of Jesus continues on in and through his people, his church, by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father, and that's what's happening in the book of Acts. We're seeing the continued work of Jesus. Now, specifically in Acts chapter 2, here's the situation I want us to envision, to put ourselves into the story that's before us. Jesus had just ascended, just the chapter before, had just ascended into heaven, which in itself is wild. But the apostles were there, they saw Jesus ascend into heaven, and the scriptures tell us that the apostles left uh, the Mount of Olives and they came back to Jerusalem, and they were waiting. What were they waiting for? They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells his apostles this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So these people were actively and anxiously waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And they knew that the day of Pentecost was going to be upon them very soon. Now, what is the day of Pentecost? The day of Pentecost is a Jewish feast. It's a Jewish feast that occurs 50 days after the Passover. And Jews from all over the world would come together and they would feast together. And as much as I like eating, I love our potlucks and I miss them greatly, as much as I like eating, the Jewish feast was not just about eating, but the Jewish feast was about reliving, retelling, recounting the glories of God and the ways that he had brought his people out of exile into the promised land. So that's what's about to happen at the day of Pentecost. But put yourself in your holy imagination into the minds of the apostles. Jesus has just left. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And they know that all of these Jews, these devout God-fearing people, are going to be gathered together, but they don't know the story of Jesus. Can you imagine? I'd be just bubbling over, wanting to tell them. But my thought would be, how? 
because these people don't speak the same language as me. If, I don't, if I'm not able to communicate with them, how in the world am I going to tell them all of the good things that Jesus did? And that is precisely where we pick up in Acts chapter 2. The scriptures say this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation dwelling in Jerusalem. When they had heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthenians, Medes, Elamedes, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phagria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews, Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And then the scriptures tell us this, don't miss this. And we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. Now, a few observations on this text. First, this is an incredibly important text to our faith. This is the birth of the church. From here, if you remember, these people spread out and the news of Jesus spread like wildfire. But one of the dangers that we come into contact with is believing that this is the first instance of the work of the Holy Spirit, and that is not the case. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 1? The earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered above the waters. The Spirit has been active and working from the beginning of time, and he continues to work here and now. But this is the first instance where we see the Holy Spirit descend on a group of people and it was promised as a gift by Jesus. We see this happening. It's incredible. This scripture gives us example, not the norm, but it gives example of the way that when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God works through us. He works through us. What happened? We so often get caught up in the actual miracle and we start debating on what exactly it looked like for these people to be speaking in tongues. And again, I don't want to breeze past that because those are important conversations to have. But this morning, I don't want us to miss the end result of this miracle. That these people heard about the wonderful things that God had done. These people heard about Jesus. Man, that is incredible. And that is good example and a good reminder to us here and now that when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God works through us. And he works through us in power, but not power for the sake of power's sake, but power for the sake of evangelism, of spreading the good news and what we say and what we do. And man, now is the time when we need to be asking God for this power to spread his good news and what we say and what we do. COVID has me exhausted. I'm exhausted, and if I'm exhausted, I'm willing to bet that you probably are exhausted too. It's been a long five months. I miss hugging people. I miss gathering in the ways that we could gather. I miss being able to just go freely to people's homes. But friends, when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God works through us. He does. 
And in this miracle, we see that languages were no barrier to God sending his message, using his people, by working through his people, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Languages were no barrier, and friends, COVID is no barrier to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. God will work through us, because here's what I know to be true. God is still God. He is still good. He is still faithful. He is still worthy of our praise and our honor and our servanthood. And the good news of Jesus Christ still remains, that Jesus Christ died on behalf of us. He took our place because we are sinners, but Jesus died on a cross, bearing our sins. He was buried, and just when all seemed like it was lost, he raised from the dead. He was triumphant over death. He rose in victory, and he continues to live on in power and strength today as our living hope, the one who continues to set us free from the bondages of sin, the one who continues to give us life, and COVID cannot stop that, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to work through us to continue to proclaim in power the good news of Jesus Christ to our communities. This continues on today. And then the scriptures continue on. Peter gives the first Christian sermon that has ever been given, and I know he has a joke in there. I love to joke. But Peter gives the first Christian sermon, and all of these people are listening And they're hearing the good works of Jesus Christ. And they're hearing the good news. And we have another instance of God working through his people when they open themselves to the Holy Spirit. We pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. That's a good word for today too, is it not? He goes on, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Another instance of God working through his people in power to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. 3,000 people were baptized. You know how many people are in Mount, Mal- in Mount Pulaski? Like 1,700. Double Mount Pulaski were baptized on this day because God worked through his people who were open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. But the scriptures don't stop there. It says this, all of the believers, remember, there's now a lot of them. All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to the prayers. And here's what we see. When the people of God open themselves to the work of the Holy Spirit, not only does God work through us, but he works in us. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us shapes us and changes us and molds us to be people who look like Jesus, who act like Jesus, who live like Jesus. In fact, if we take a step back, we see that the scriptures tell us that there are signs of the Holy Spirit working within us. There are fruit of the Spirit that begin to build, begin to occur in us when we are open to the work of the Holy Spirit and God works in us. Do you remember what they are? Paul writes about them in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit, the signs of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you imagine, church, 
what our community would look like if we opened ourselves and surrendered ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit to work in us, to shape us, to mold us, to be a people who look like Jesus. Now this happens individually. This happens for me. This happens for you. This happens for you. Jesus shapes each and every one of us to look like Jesus. But friends, he unites us by the power of the Holy Spirit and he shapes us as a church congregation as well. Can you imagine if we let Jesus work in us so much that the things we were known for We're the fruit of the Spirit. We're love. We loved one another so well. We were full of joy, joy that surpasses grief. Not happiness, but joy, deep-seated joy in the work of Jesus. Patience, kindness, goodness. You see where I'm going with this. The fruit of the Spirit are the, the very characteristics of Jesus himself and the characteristics that bring glory to God. You see, when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God works through us in power to spread his good news, and he works in us to shape us to be a people who look like Jesus. So what do we do with this? Where do we go from here? It's one thing to say, let's open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, but what does that even look like? I'm not talking about anything crazy. I'm talking about the things that are firmly rooted in Scripture. We do this not alone, but together as a church family, and this is where we really need to get creative in how we fellowship right now. Isolation is not an option. We have to be taking care of one another. Together, we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We do this by developing holy habits, things that probably come, come to mind pretty, pretty easily by reading the scriptures, uh, by fellowshipping with one another, by praying By taking the Lord's Supper, the things that were happening in this first church community are the things that help us develop a sense of openness to the Holy Spirit working in us. But I want to focus on one. It's prayer. It's crucial. Do we spend time communing with the Lord in prayer? Do we spend time asking God to open our hearts and our minds to his guidance, which the scriptures say the Holy Spirit is our guide? Do we spend time praying and communing with God and asking him that through his Holy Spirit, he might help us because the the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit is our helper? Do we pray and commune with God and ask him to show us ways that we can spread his good news, not by our own power, but by the power of God working through us? I encourage you to pray and pray avidly. Be conscious of your prayer this week. And then next week, and then the week after that. Be praying for one another in the church. Be praying for yourself. Be praying for your family. Be praying for your families and your friends. But I want to practice that this morning. Let's practice that this morning. Let's practice opening up ourselves to the Holy Spirit in order that God might work through us and in us. Would you bow your head? We do a lot of time, uh, we spend a lot of time talking in church, but bow your heads. Let's just quiet ourselves, not empty ourselves, but quiet ourselves. In church, I remind you that we are in the presence of the Lord right now. And would you pray along with me, just in your head silently, but I'm going to voice a prayer, and I ask that you pray it to be your prayer as well. Jesus, would we center ourselves around you? Would we honor you as king, as the one whom we serve, the only one who we serve? 
And God, may what we say and what we do spread the message of Jesus to everybody that we meet and bring you glory, Father, and bring you honor, Father. And Holy Spirit, would we have hearts that are open to listen to you? Would you give us uh, obedience to follow the promptings that you give us? Would you give us strength to proclaim your gospel when we don't see that it's possible? Would you shape us to, to, to act and live more like Jesus? Would you bear your fruit, your fruit of the Holy Spirit in us and in our church community? And Holy Spirit, would you guide us to those who do not yet know you? May we see this community this county, this state, this world, know Jesus because we have opened ourselves up to your Holy Spirit and to the work that you have planned for us, through us, and in us. It's in the name of Jesus, our King, we pray these things. Amen and amen.